Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, it's time for Cordishi and Coit. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEI. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEI. Scott Cordishi here in the Bahamas with the Brown basketball team. Nick Coit back in... I believe in his home up in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Is that correct, Nick? Good morning. Correct, Scott. I got to roll out of bed and get on the radio with you. It's I, I don't mind these mornings. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it does make it a little bit easier. You can just roll out of bed and zoom on the show. Makes it easy it's that way. The, the wonders of modern technology. But I'm jealous because you're in paradise right now. Uh, it is. It's very nice down here. I, I'm, it's 50 degrees warmer here than it is there. I just checked oh. weather.com. Not to rub it in. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. Rub it in, man. Holy cow. The oh. pictures you're putting up from uh, from Thanksgiving, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Or like the Brown basketball account put up a couple, too. I'm like, man, I'm jealous. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, no, it's nice down here. Joey P., how are things up in Worcester, Massachusetts this morning? Pretty, pretty cold. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I would imagine. Well, we've got a lot to talk about over the next two hours, uh, college basketball being one of them. And unfortunately for the Brown Bears, it has not been a good start and the start they expected to the season. Uh, in fact, I would say of the four local college basketball teams, definitely the most disappointing start has been that of the Brown Bears Uh Friars got a win yesterday. Real good outing for Bryce Hopkins. 25 points, 14 rebounds. Josh Adoro had 29. Uh, Bryant lost at Xavier as expected. I don't think people were expecting an upset there, although Bryant did have that maybe the biggest win of all of our local, you know, four college uh, Division One college basketball teams with the win at FAU. And, um, you know, the, the Rhodey Rams, uh, I, I think, uh, yet to be determined because I think they beat up on three relatively uh, lower-level opponents, and then they met some good teams, and uh, they lost those games at Mohegan Sun Arena. So we still don't know quite yet what the Rhodey Rams are. We think they're improved. I believe they're improved, but we're not quite sure what they are yet. Oh, they're definitely improved. Um, you know, they're just 
they're a team that is pretty new and growing together. Um, and I think it's going to take time, but they're a team that, you know, I, I think by the end of the season, it'll be really interesting to see where they are because, you know, Archie Miller has been really uh, excited about their growth, their coachability, um, and even the losses, you know, stepping up in weight class, I think was good for these guys. Cause it was one of those, okay, well, this is where we need to get to, you know, we played well at home. We got these three wins to start the season. So now we know we, where we need to go if we want to get to where we want to get to. So, you know, definitely improved. They brought in some guys that I think are going to turn the program here in the right direction. Um, yeah, Scott, I was at the Friars game last night. A really, really impressive night for Bryce Hopkins and Josh Aduro, both. Um, but particularly Hopkins, who I think has, he struggled a little bit to start the season uh, for his standards. Um, and, and I think there's been an adjustment to the new coaching staff, the new style, and they want to prepare him to be a pro prospect, a pro player. And so I think there's been some adjusting there as to some of the things that he can do, but I think he's balancing that with what he does well. And last night he did what he does well, which was attack the basket, get to the free throw line, but also just assert himself. And he, he just, he let the, he said it last night, he let the game come to him and you know, you could tell that he was in a groove. He was in a rhythm he had one of the more impressive dunks we've seen in the last few years at the Amp. Uh, he went through at least two Lehigh players, if not three, going through the paint. Um, and he had 14 rebounds, too. So just the level of engagement that he had on both ends of the floor was really, really impressive. And 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 I don't you know mean to put the 29 points by Oduro to the side because that was really impressive, too. But it was just very – he's just very sound as a big man. You know, he plays the five really solid for them so he he's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how he does in the big east because he's just got all the tools and he's just so mature at the position so you know that was on full display yesterday and the friars obviously taking care of business so impressive win so nick to your point about you know trying to develop bryce hopkins so he can make the jump easier to that next level right hopefully become you know a, a, a top nba prospect I've had some Friar fans already complain to me about that, saying, you know, I mean, he doesn't look good. This isn't what's best for the team. And it's hard for me to disagree with that from this standpoint because I remember the same thing happening with the Brown Bears a few years ago when they had Tom and Ong Cho, who decided to come back for a, a uh, fifth year as a grad student. Um, and, you know, Tom and Ong Cho had just seen Mieoni from Yale make it to the NBA, and he thought that he was a very similar type player, and he said, you know, if he can make it, I think I can too. And, you know, Mike Martin, to his credit, wanted to do everything he could in his power to help Tom and Ong Cho achieve that goal. And so, you know, he, he started to let, you know, Tom and Ong have the ball in his hands on the perimeter facing the basket. When in reality, and I would say something similar to, to Bryce Hopkins, you know, the, the, the Bears as a team were so much more effective, and Cho was too when he was down low on the block. He was an undersized pig, but he, he had such quickness and great moves down there that it was better when we had him down in the low post. And I would say the same thing about Hopkins. He's not your traditional on-the-block big man, you know, your four, your five, back to the basket, hand up in the air, give me the ball down here. But his game is more 
played around the rim than it is on the perimeter. So, you know, does this adversely affect the Friars as a team? I think that's a fair question to ask if if you're going to, you know, I don't think Friar fans are going to want to see Bryce Hopkins chucking up a bunch of threes and spending a lot of time on the perimeter. He is so strong getting to the rim. That's his game. And I think for the Friars to be their best, that needs to be his game. So it, it might be conflicting with NBA what with what NBA scouts want to see, but it's one of those things I've seen it before. I saw it happen at Brown. It was not in the best interest of the Bears, and it may not be in the best interest of the Friars. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to put that out. Yeah, there. no, it's it's a good point, Scott. It's a good point. Um, but I I think last night was a really encouraging night for everybody involved because I think when you see Bryce have that kind of performance, you say, okay, this is what's best for what we're trying to do as a team. And this, and and I think Bryce really, I mean, he really asserted himself last night and there was nothing to me last night where it was out of the ordinary. It was out of rhythm. You know, he didn't, I can't, you know what? I'm going to double check how many three attempts he had last night. I can remember one, maybe two, and that, you know, if the three-point shots in rhythm, he was one you know, for fine. One from beyond, uh, uh, one for one from beyond the arc. One for one, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, if it's in rhythm, and and the shot was good, it was in rhythm, it was an open look, and he nailed it. Um, you know, but if it's not in rhythm, it's you know, nothing was out of the ordinary last night. Last night, it really looked like he was the best player on the floor, and nobody was going to stop him. And you know, I think. If he has more nights like that, he's going to be just fine, and the Friars are going to be just fine. And, you know, I think he's got two good ball handlers that he can lean on, too. You know, Pierre obviously was out with an injury again last night, um, you know, but Garway Duall was back, um, and that's a guy that he he can, you know, play off of really well. Actually, Duall and Oduro had a, had a really good two-man thing going on last night. You could tell they put in some work together because yeah. there was two plays I can remember off the top of my head where – you know, they, they played a two man action and it was just, it set up Orduro just to cut to the basket and nobody was stopping him, you know, when he got a head start. So, um, yeah, there was, there was just a lot of good things from the Friars last night. And not to mention the fact that, you know, last night, Devin Carter has a quiet 10 points, but he's been the most consistent guy for the Friars so far. It's been really impressive. And with some of the pacing that these Friars want to play with, you know, with this new coaching staff. Um, I think that's particularly suited Carter's game really, really well. He's been really aggressive, you know, in, in the early going here. Um, so he he's, you know, I want to, I wanted to mention him because it was a quiet night for him last night, but you know, he, he has been their most consistent guy so far and that's going to help them going forward. And I want to make this next statement too, uh, and acknowledge that there is a ton of basketball to be played. I mean, we are in the infancy stage of the 2023-24 season. But if you're asking me right now to kind of handicap our four Division One men's local college basketball teams, I would say the team that has the best chance to participate in March Madness would be the aforementioned Providence Friars. And um, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that the other teams can't, and I'm not saying that the Friars are by any, by any, uh, you know, shot a long, I mean, a uh, a short shot, if you will. But I look at the, you know, the Rhodey Rams, and I just don't think they're there yet. I think it's going to take Archie Miller a few years. I think we've all kind of agreed on that point. Uh, Bryant, I mean, I look at the America East and Vermont just looks so good again. I mean, they are just unbelievable how they dominate that conference. 
I, I watched their game against St. Louis, who's supposed to be a good A-10 team, and they just they almost toyed with them. They were so much better than them on that given day. Um, I, I, I think so. It would be tough for Bryant, but I'm not so, – who, who, who knows? Maybe they catch fire in the postseason tournament, and they win it, and they get to the big dance. But I, I, I look at Vermont in that conference. The Ivy League's off to an amazing start out of conference, and unfortunately Brown is really the only team that hasn't enjoyed that type of glory out of conference yet. But, I mean, you look at Penn beating Villanova. Princeton is undefeated in receiving votes right now in the top 25. Those were two teams that were expected to be down this year, as was Tommy Americk and Harvard, and they've got some quality wins under their belt early in the season. And we haven't even mentioned Ivy League favorite Yale, who pounded Colgate, who played Gonzaga tough on the road. So I think it's going to be tough for the Brown Bears. You know, the goal for them is to get right by league play and get into that top four. So when I look at the local college basketball landscape right now, I'm saying the one team that I think has a legitimate shot at this point to be an NCAA tournament team would be the Friars. But even at that, we've got so far to go. We do, Scott. Um, you know, but I think you're right. It, the Friars obviously have the best shot. Um, you know, they've got a they've got a real squad again. Um, I, I think what's been impressive, you know, we mentioned Aduro before, but. You know, even a guy like Ticket Gaines, I really like what he's brought to the program so far. The guys that have come in with this new coaching staff and come in with Kim, I think have been really, really impressive. Um, I think they're adjusting. You know, we'll see when we get to Big East play, and that's going to be the big tell for the Friars and their chances is how do they fare in a very, very, very tough UConn, Big East conference. Marquette, obviously, Marquette. is and unbelievable. And Villanova winning down here at Atlantis? I mean, Come on. Ugh. I mean, uh, you know, I, I thought Villanova, you know, after Jay Wright, you know, decided to retire. And I said, ooh, they could be on their way down as a program. But uh, for them to come down to Atlantis and win against that field, I mean, beating North Carolina, among others, uh, I think the Villanova Wildcats could be back as well. And that makes the Big East that much tougher. It's hard. It really is hard. But, you know, the Friars, they, they're built, um, you know, to play well in this Big East. I thought coming into the season they'd be a tournament team. You know, and I think I'll, I'll say this too: what's going to work to their advantage, Scott, it, it is it is so impressive to me. It is so impressive to me just how consistent the crowds are at the amp every single night. There was another 11,000 last night. It was almost with no filled up last night with no students, no students. That, that's what yeah. was impressive about last night's crowd. Right. The students are home oh. for Thanksgiving weekend and they still banged out the joint. It is unbelievable. I mean, the opener was was hot because new coach, new coaching staff. You know, even though they're they're playing Columbia, and the place felt like it was a Big East game. You know, in the opener, and it's just stayed consistent. And you're right. Last night, no students, and the place was still filled up. You're looking around. You're like, this is unbelievable. So, kudos to Friar fans, man, because that place does not slow down right now, and they are. They are into the program, and it's it's only going to help when you get to Big East play, and these teams have to come and play here. That's It's why it's, I think, one of the best places to, to play in the country right now. It, it really, really is. is. It really is. And as much as some of us like to, you know, take a shot here or there at Ed Cooley, and certainly for the way he left for a conference rival at Georgetown, I'll be the first to admit, Ed Cooley built what we're witnessing right now. Okay? He built this. He built the excitement. He built that program into a, you know, perennial, you know, fringe, if not top 25 team, a perennial participant in the NCAA tournament. He galvanized that fan base. He sold out the dunk and now the amp. And um, so I give him all the credit in the world. I've never disputed the fact that the guy can recruit 
and the guy can coach. I think his game coaching is good, not great, but I think his recruiting and his ability to motivate men is, is off the charts outstanding. Uh, and he built this. And now, you know, now we see if Kim English can sustain it or maybe add to it. That's certainly the hope of Friar fans. But I've always said since I moved to Rhode Island back in the mid-'90s, I said, you know, I, I, I came from an area, you know, just north of Boston where, you know, it was all about pro sports. I mean, I grew up a Boston college right. fan, and they were good in football and basketball at the time, but it was pro sports. It was a pro sports town. Boston is a pro sports town. And I came to Rhode Island, and there's no pro sports town. And as Billy Reynolds appropriately said many times, you know, Providence and Rhode Island is essentially a sports suburb of Boston. But at the same time, I said, you know, the Providence Friars are the pro team in the state of Rhode Island. That was always my take. I said, Rhode Islanders, if, you know, if, if they're going to latch on to one team, it is Providence College men's basketball. That is their pro team. And I say that with all due respect to the University of Rhode Island and all the other, you know, sports teams, the Providence Bruins, all that. Even back when the Paw Sox were here, the PC Friars are the pro team in the state of Rhode Island in terms of the team that generates the most excitement in this state. They are. And you said the word galvanized when you were talking about Cooley. I think the fan base obviously was even more galvanized when he left um, <laughs> the vitriol. Um, and that's going to continue up until January 27th and after January 27th, um, because that's the date that circled on all of Friar fans calendars, of course, when Georgetown comes here. Um, but you're right. It's, it's really, they are. And we, we tell the kids this too, when, you know, we will meet with, you know, some of the Friar players over the summer, you know, just to talk about media and, you know, media obligations, dealing with the media. And we tell them straight up, we say, guys, you have a unique opportunity here, you know, as college basketball players and as guys, you know, in the in the era of NIL and, you know, branding yourselves as players, you guys get to play in a place where you're basically the pro team, you know, and you're going to be treated as such. And that's that's really unique. You know, it doesn't happen a lot of places, but in Rhode Island, well, when the Friars the are hot, not in the Boston, New York, Philadelphia, right, corridor, right, right, because they're generally pro sports areas. But Nick, I went to Syracuse, and Syracuse is the sure. pro team up in upstate New York. Like people all right. throughout New York State and upstate love Syracuse football and basketball. So I I know what you're saying, but you're right. Uh, it, mm. The interest in this state in Providence college basketball is, like I said, off the charts. They are the pro team in the state of Rhode Island. So, uh, again, a lot of college basketball we play, but there's kind of your early take on our local four Division One men's college basketball programs. Nick, we have a lot of other stuff to get into as well. Celtics and Bruins continue to do well, although both suffering losses yesterday, but the Celtics with the best record in the <laughs> I'm East. Like, I'm like, continuing to do well. Did you watch yesterday? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Dump okay, day, look, Scotty. <laughs> okay, don't get me going again, but uh, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and here we go again. Am I correct yeah. in saying that Orlando went on a 17 to nothing run before Joe Mazzula thought it might be wise to call a timeout? 17 yep. to nothing? Yep. I mean, come on, Joe. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Seriously. Yep. 17 to nothing run. You wait till it gets to that point to burn a timeout. That's where I'm saying the guy just lacks feel in some of those critical moments I, I don't know what it is I don't know why he can't see it I know you want to be a player's coach and you want to let your boys play but at the same time you know what sometimes you get to save them from situations like that and he just doesn't do it I don't understand why that that's very frustrating to me yep 
17 all run. That, that was basically my highlight last night that I, uh, that I ran. Cause I'm like, well, this decided the game <laughs> and that, that was it. I mean, you know, the fourth quarter was what it was, but you know, Orlando just had built that cushion. They you know, jumped into the lead and that Orlando team is, they're interesting. Uh, they beat the Nuggets. They beat the Celtics. Yep. Um, they, they've been pretty good so far as a young squad. And the wild thing now too, is that the Celtics, because they lost that game, they might not make the in-season tournament quarterfinals. They're going to have to win, not only win against the Bulls, but they're going to have to blow them out. It's a point differential thing. That That's wild to me, just how that works. You know, I mean, it's, you know, in-season tournament, in-season tournament, but I just, I just sort of assumed with the group that they were in, that the Celtics were going to no problem get there. Yeah. And now it's not a sure thing. It's wild. So we'll get the Celtics to talk about the Bruins suffering a loss yesterday to the Red Wings. We can get into them as well, but they still have the best record in the NHL. Um, we've got some Patriot stuff. Bill Belichick still has not declared a starting quarterback, and the team's hopping on a plane today to fly down to MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, to take on the Giants tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Nick, if you went up there. I know the reports have been that, you know, uh, Zappi and Mac were splitting the reps. I'm not quite sure how that's helpful to either one of them. I do know that Belichick's a guy that, you know, wants whoever the player is at whatever the position is to earn, you know, his time or earn his starting spot. But at the same time, like, if, if you're going to make the switch from Mac Jones, to me, Zappi should be taking all of the reps with the ones. I don't know why you're, you're you know, dicking around like this like he's doing. I – Agree. <laughs> we can get into it here uh, during this show. Uh, uh, but I simply I agree. I don't know why they're doing this. You know, I, I you know, it, it's stuff like this that makes you say is Bill's act getting old. OK, it, like uh-huh. it's, it, it's it's stuff like this. OK, Bill, that may have worked back in, you know, the late 90s or early 2000s. Is it really what this team needs right now? Or do you need to say, if we are switching away from Mac Jones, do you need to say, no, we need to give Zappi as many reps as possible with the ones in practice to try to get him ready to finish out the season? Like, I I just feel like sometimes Bill, I don't know, maybe he's a little bit too old-fashioned, whatever the case may be. And I've been his biggest defender. I still think the guy can coach. I don't like his ability to oversee the personnel decisions of the franchise, but this has just been a disaster this season. I never thought I'd see this under Bill Belichick. Again, I've said this many, many times on this show and elsewhere. I thought his floor was much higher than everybody else's, and I'm learning right now that that is not the case, that his floor right now is pretty low, and that's that's yep. unfortunate. So it's, all right, it's, we, it's wild. We got all these topics on the table for you to join us. If you want to jump on board, here's the number to call, 401-777-1037. That's 401-777-1037. You can reach us on the text line as well. The text line is open at 37937. We'll take a quick timeout, and we'll come back. You're listening to Cordishi and Coit on Southern New England Sports Original, 1037 WEEI. Now, here's what's trending. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.